All right, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm just going to begin with a word of prayer and then we'll jump into Proverbs 9. God, thank you for being able to gather together with uh, one another and thank you for your grace that, uh, that you give us. You, do, you give us grace from little things like uh, daily food and um, families and friends and all that, all the way up to big things uh, like salvation in Christ and everything in between. Lord, we thank you. Help us to learn from your word today. In Christ's name, amen. Um, so just go ahead and turn to Proverbs 9. Um, turn this on. And I'm going to read it to start out. We'll keep with tradition and, and stand for the reading of it. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> that was taken the wrong way. Alright, Proverbs 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman's folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. All right, you can be seated. All right, so I'm going to start with a question today. Um, do you guys ever feel a strong uh, pull or desire to do something that isn't right? It, it could be something that you know is wrong from the Bible, or maybe your parents told you it was wrong, or just something that goes against the normal uh, things at school. Um, but either, but whatever case, have you guys ever felt a strong desire and pull to do something that you know isn't right? And more than a yes or no, give me an example. And you can shout it out, you don't have to raise your hand. Not all at once. Okay, maybe not. Are you guys perfect? No? Okay, alright. So, okay, so we're going to assume this morning that you guys have, have uh, desired things that aren't right. I, I have. Um, so, uh, the, yeah, so I know frequently, for example, I have the temptation to do things that just, yeah, just aren't, aren't right. Uh, sometimes I feel like a, just a little lie wouldn't hurt anyone. 
um, I might be tempted to ask myself is, yeah, is just stretching the truth or, or deceiving someone in a little bit, is that, is that really that bad? Um, or for another example, I, I could think that it's harmless to be angry with someone because they were, they were a jerk or they were mean to one of my friends. Um, I might be tempted to lust. Um, you guys just learned about that in Proverbs 7, about the adulterous woman who tries to hold in her victims. Uh, the point is that there's numerous ways that we're tempted and pulled into doing things that aren't right and ultimately don't align with God's way that we should live. Uh, and much like the result of being led astray by that adulterous woman in Proverbs 7, the result of Lady Folly in our chapter today is death. If, if we follow her, we will we'll be led to death. So that's the main point for today. The reward for living in folly is death. But the reward for walking in God's wisdom is life. The reward for living in folly is death, but walking in God's wisdom, you'll be rewarded with life. So before we jump in uh, to Proverbs 9 too far, I want to just define a couple to excuse me. Define a couple terms that should make it a little bit easier for us to understand. Um, so first, who is who is Lady Folly? Kind of a weird way to put put things, but simply put. Lady Folly is a personification of foolish and wrong living that ultimately leads to death. Or in other words, Lady Folly is just a person who represents a way of life that's set against God. Uh, Lady Folly, she, she represents one way of living on earth, which is against Lady Wisdom, the other lady in the Proverbs in this chapter, who represents God's way of living. So, so who's Lady Wisdom? More clearly, She's a personification as well. But unlike Lady Folly, Lady Wisdom is a person that represents God's way of wise and right living on earth. Lady Wisdom is a personification of all things that are right and good and right living that leads to life. So this whole proverb is going to contrast the whole time. The woman that represents foolish and arrogant living with Lady Wisdom who represents humble and God-centered living. Uh, now that we understand who those two ladies are, that'll help clear up uh, things as we go through the chapter. And so I'm going to lay out now a little bit of the structure of the chapter. Those will be found on your uh, fill in the blanks on the outline. That's just basically the structure that we're going to be going through. Um, so beginning with Lady Wisdom, she will give an invitation to the banquet of blank. I'm not going to answer it for you. In verses 1 to 6, and then she's going to teach wisdom in verses 7 through 10. And finally, she's going to promise rewards uh, for the for wise living in verses 11 through 12. And then Lady Folly is going to step in and she's going to be opposed to Lady Wisdom. She's going to call and try to seduce her victims loudly in verses 13 through 16. Then she's going to try to teach them to follow their sinful passions. That might have been an answer. In verse 17, and finally, she'll lead them uh, to, a, to a different type of banquet in verse 18. So again, there's two paths that are set before us. The main thing I want you guys to take away this morning. The reward for living in folly's path is death, but the reward for walking in the path of God's wisdom is life. So jumping into verses 1 through 6, uh, Lady Wisdom calls and invites her guests to the banquet of life. That's your first point on your handout. She calls and invites her guests to the banquet of life. 
In these verses, we will see the call of Lady Wisdom, uh, and it will be opposed to Lady, Lady Father once again. So let's look at how the scene plays out. So Lady Wisdom has just built a house and hewn seven pillars. Uh, and without getting too far into the weeds, the seven pillars should just represent that it's, it's a big house. It's, it's capable of holding all of her guests. So in verse 2 then, we see that she's even prepared food and drink for her guests. She sends out her young women to invite anyone who will listen to her. They call from the highest places in the town. So now she's, she's inviting guests with this invitation to, take, to partake in a feast of life or back in those who live. Uh, notice in verse 5 that she's invited guests to eat and drink food that she herself has worked for and prepared. We'll see later in this chapter that Lady Folly would rather steal her food and drink than prepare herself and work for it. So the scene's set there. Uh, she is sent for any who will come and listen to her, and the banquet she's inviting them to is the banquet of life. She's running over it. Next in verses 7 through 10, She's going to teach her guests or followers, uh, the people she invited, a few things. Uh, standing out among the things that she teaches them is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And this should be a familiar theme for you guys studying Proverbs, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In verses 7 through 8, she gives her guests understanding of how a wicked, foolish, and proud man responds to correction. The wicked, foolish, and proud man she calls a scoffer. A scoffer is a proud person, simply put, who rejects God's wisdom. There's someone who shakes their head or just rolls their eyes when they see wise living. So I want you guys to answer this for me. We're going to try again. What happens to a person, this one's easier. What happens to a person who corrects a proud and wicked scoffer? It's right there. <laughs> What's up? Yes, yep, yep. They will be hated. They'll get abuse. Okay, so they get injured. They get hate, they get injured in attempting to correct uh, a scoffer. And a major way, some of the, some examples of how this might happen in a more uh, big way. Uh, a wife could correct her husband or vice versa and it could result in some kind of violence whether from mouth or physically. Uh, I used to know bullies in school who would just resort to violence uh, if they got proven wrong or if they got made fun of themselves. And in a more minor manner as we work down a scoffer that gets corrected might simply just unfriend you or ignore you or just treat you poorly in little ways. Uh, Regardless of how it plays out, Lady Wisdom teaches her followers and us something about the character of a foolish, proud scholar. And on the contrary, Lady Wisdom shows us that we will know a wise man or woman by the way that they respond to reproof. And the way that they respond to reproof will be with love. So instead of being hated or ignored or abused, right, someone that is wise when they get re reproved, responds with love. And why would, they, why would they respond with love? They would respond with love because they want to live in the way that God set out for them. And when they get reproved, when they get corrected, they ultimately are rejoicing because they're going to be able to follow God better. And they know that that path leads to life. 
So, <clears throat> and so, so as you go through this, you're seeing how a scoffer would respond and how a wise person would respond to reproof. One responds with abuse, one responds with love. And all of those, those, both those responses is a result of either fearing or not fearing the Lord. So that, that leads us to verse 10, which says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. In other words, if we don't fear God, we won't be wise. And if we don't know God and His standards for living, for, uh, and His right uh, standards for living, we won't have the insight to even do what is right. In other words, it, if we don't fear Him, we won't even have motivation to do things that are right. And if we don't know Him and His Word, we won't know what to do. We won't know what is right or wrong. So, uh, real quick, this verse says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Many people, try to, we, we kind of try to downplay that. Our culture is really about love, and so, but it's, a, it's kind of a false love that doesn't have all the aspects of true love. And so some people will even will teach and they'll try to teach from the Bible and they'll downplay the fear of God. But, but we need to know that the fear of God is a reality, however. So if we take Matthew 10, 28, for example, Jesus tells his disciples to fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So God does love us deeply. He really, he really does. But we must not remove fear and trembling from the proper stance that we should have before Him. We still, we still are to fear the Lord because He is the righteous judge and He loves us. That is the good news. Those who follow Jesus and live according to His wisdom will be given eternal life. But those who do not will live as fools following Lady Folly and they will truly be sent to eternal death and hell. We must fear the Lord. It's a real thing. Lady Wisdom pleads for us in this verse, in verse 10, to understand that fearing the Lord is what makes us wise and gives us life. So in wrapping up Lady Wisdom's section, the majority of the, of the proverb, in verses 11 through 12, rewards are promised to those who follow Lady Wisdom through fearing God. There's some general rewards that we'll receive on earth. It's generally good that we're wise and that we're going to be blessed for that. Um, and those who are wise generally live longer lives as well. That's not always true. Uh, things happen in short people's lives all the time, even if they are wise. But ultimately, the reward of listening to Lady Wisdom's invitation and teaching is a matter of life and death. For the reward uh, for walking in God's wisdom is eternal life. A final note on Lady Wisdom. She invites and calls. This is important to kind of point out as a distinction between her and what we're about to see when we go and look at Lady Folly's call and how she brings people in. Um, so Lady Wisdom calls and she invites, uh, but she does not coerce or manipulate. She doesn't, she doesn't force her followers, call them victims, in the case of Lady Folly, to come and follow her teaching. So starting off now, we're going to turn to Lady Folly and see the contrast. Remember I told you guys it's going to be a real contrast between how Lady Wisdom invites and presents things and teaches and rewards and the contrast. It's going to be a direct contrast on all of those points with Lady Folly. So starting off in verses 13 through 16, we see right away that sharp difference that I talked about just a second ago between Lady Wisdom and Folly. 
So Lady Wisdom, she invites and calls everyone to listen to her, right? But Lady Folly, loudly, you see loudly, the woman Folly is loud. And passionately and seductively, she is seductive and knows nothing. Entices her victims. So she loudly and passionately entices her victims. She's able to seduce them even though she has no knowledge. And I asked, I asked you all earlier uh, if you ever felt a strong pull or temptation uh, to do things that aren't right. I confess that I do, and I, I'm sure that we all do. Um, and I ask this point because I want to point out that Lady Folly, personified Lady Folly, she wants to bring us into a way of life that's contrary to God and His standards. And she's going to do, she's going to go to great lengths to deceive us and to do that, and we need to be aware of that. So she would be all too happy in her deception, and if she could literally just tie an anchor around each of our legs and just let us sink to the bottom of the ocean, just struggling and suffocating as we go down and die. She, she would love to do it that way, but, but God has, has restrained, we're going we're gonna to move to Satan now, this is Lady Folly's personification, so it's, it's not a real lady. But uh, we're going to move to Satan now. God has restrained Satan such that he cannot bring us to eternal death that easily. Rather, Lady Folly's schemes, Satan's schemes as well, are trickier than that. They're more deceptive than that. They're not going to be just instant death. And so instead of an instant death, Lady Folly will seduce those who are going straight on their way, who may be trying to follow God, and she'll just feed them little lies, just like in the Garden of Eden, when Satan twisted God's words, she'll tell us that stolen water is actually sweet. She'll say, here, try it. It's sweet. It's good. She told Eve. He told Eve. This is good to eat. It'll make you wise. It's profitable. She'll tell us that sins done in secret are actually pleasant and that no one will actually find out when you do them. What would it hurt if you just had one look? You stole one time. What would it hurt if you just cheated on a test so that you passed the class or got an A? And her lies will pile up to the point that you will find yourself enjoying the stolen water, enjoying the things that are against God's way of living. And you'll actually be longing to engage in those hidden desires and sins that you know you're not supposed to. And once she, get, once she gets you to this point, just slow deception around the corner truly is eternal death. We need to beware of the schemes of Lady Folly. So remember, you guys learned probably a couple weeks ago, you guys do a chapter a week, I'm assuming-ish? Okay, so probably a couple weeks ago in Proverbs 7, 21 uh, through 23. Proverbs 7, 21 through 23 says, with much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast, till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, a trap, he does not know that it will cost him his life. So deceptive lies will be told to you, to Lady Folly's victims, as she drags you along to your final reward left, or, or death. So just, just like the adulteress in chapter 7, Lady Folly works in similar ways. Before we turn to the rewards 
that Lady Folly promises in the last verse of the chapter. I want to kind of, I want to try to make the way to this clear and not just pass over it. Um, the pull of the things of this world, the idols, the money, fame, career, maybe it's being right or being funny and recognized, uh, maybe having a boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, make sure to look on the right side of the room when I said that. Anyway, or eventually a husband or a wife, right, will only ever leave you desiring more and more and more. Because those things are truly empty. And you don't always realize that in the, in the early stages. But they just, they, they're empty and they just leave us hungry for more. It doesn't satisfy. Um, and if you treasure these things, ultimately, in your life, uh, and, and at the end of your life, whether it's short short time from now, or what would it be, 60 years from now or more, um, you will really find yourself at the banquet of the eternal dead. And that's, that's, a, that's a weighty thing. So let me give you a part of my te- uh, personal testimony as an example of how, how we can be deceived by both our wicked hearts and foolishness. So I thought I was a Christian early on in high school. Um, but as high school went on, um, I, I saw these desires in me more and more that they became stronger and stronger. So I had three main desires. So I really wanted to get really good grades. I wanted to have that so I could get a good paying job later on. Um, I wanted to really excel at my sports and I wanted to have an attractive girlfriend. So those were my three big things that I sought after. Um, and so they started off as like, you know, little things that, you know, but then as I'm going through high school, it just more and more, I would just chase it. Um, to the point of I would be working out, you know, literally before school at 6 a.m., going to practice in after school, studying late, trying to have a social life as best I could. And I would, I would do those things so hard that I was even getting sick and I was just, I was just so tired. Um, point being though, I chased them all the way in my freshman year of college, where according to those three standards that I had, that was really all I wanted at the time, uh, I, had, I thought I'd reached my goals, I really did. So I thought I had an attractive girlfriend, I had 4.0 in college, and I thought it wasn't too hard, and I was getting to play a little rugby, and we got to win the state championship for our division. It wasn't anything huge, but it was the goals that I wanted, and I was doing well in them. Um, so I checked every box that I thought I needed to check to, to be happy, right? Uh, but I was truly empty in my heart. Uh, God showed me this, and He did. Invite, he invited me to fear Him, like, our, like verse 10 says. Um, and had He not given me this grace, inviting me to follow Jesus and live wisely, uh, I would have continued to chase worldly things. Uh, the, illicit, the illicit deceptive desires and promises of Lady Folly until I ultimately found myself dead. And uh, this, is, this is really true. If we look into non-Christians' lives who are older, maybe they're in their 40s and their 50s, they might have replaced some desires maybe that I had um, as a you know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old with something different. So I know in my small town that I grew up in, well, I can frequently go back, whether it's on Facebook or seeing them in person, and see my, my college friends and their parents who never grew up, and they're never growing up, chasing the same things is a result of 
continually chasing the worldly desires that will lead them to death. So it might look different for them. They might have a wife and kids, and so they might not be chasing a relationship, or they might be, um, but they might just be drinking, partying, doing whatever they want to try to fulfill the emptiness that they have. And it can take itself even in like a quiet way. So someone that wants to maybe just play video games and be undisturbed, uh, it, it's, a, it's the same thing. It doesn't have to be a cookie cutter path of seeking them. So we will be deceived by Lady Folly in various ways if we're not careful. Uh, again, this chapter is presenting two paths really. And I was supposed to be clicking this whole time. Sorry, the clicking is new to me. Hold on. You already have these. Did you get these first ones? Okay. Okay, well. Oh, well. Where's that main point at? I'm going back to the main point. Okay. So they're already made up. Okay, so it's presenting to us two paths. Each path has a radically different uh, reward and standard for living, as we've covered. The reward for living in Polly's path is death, and the reward for walking in the path of God's wisdom is life. I really want to just drive that into you guys. Uh, and, and it's very, very serious. The invitation that you get from Lady Wisdom to fear God and follow the standard of living, well, it just, unfortunately, it's usually never as loud, boisterous, or enticing as Lady Folly's. It won't draw your attention like a boy or girl will, or like a career will, or fancy things, or whatever you want. Quiet life. Um, it won't shine and shimmer like gold or money, cash in our present day. Um, and so, yeah, like I said earlier, maybe you want to quiet and reserved life that isn't shiny. Lady Folly will find a way to offer that to you as well. Um, and it will be loudly enticing people in various ways. And it might also be whispering to you and enticing you in that way. So, instead of me trying to illustrate this a little more, C.S. Lewis helps on a book that he wrote. It's called The Screwtape Letters. Uh, that book as well kind of personifies Satan. Kind of makes... Satan is a real person, but in things that we don't have written by Satan, because we haven't, we don't have tons of words from him, uh, it kind of brings those to life and how he thinks and deceives. So he writes, C.S. Lewis writes, it does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect, provided that their final effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than playing cards, but cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, and without signposts. So he's just illustrating the deception of Satan. There would be no sudden turnings or milestones. It, it might feel safe, but it, we're assured from this passage that it's not. Lady Folly desires to entice you until you enjoy living for your pleasure alone and against God's way of living. Jesus teaches us that there are two, uh, he also teaches us something similar to this, that there's only two paths that we can take. One that's broad and easy, like Lady Folly's path, and one that's narrow and difficult to live, the one that Lady Wisdom teaches us about. So we've kind of covered knowing, knowing the two paths that are set before us. And I, I kind of want to bring it into Christ a little bit because he's, He truly is the only one that, that can change us and transform our hearts in order that we can actually live 
the path of Lady Wisdom, because we really don't have any power to live that path with our own strength. Uh, so just as importantly as knowing the path of, the path of life we need to walk, we need to know and love the Savior that makes it possible to walk that right path. If we don't turn from our sins, from the path of Lady Folly, and simultaneously turn to Jesus through pleading for forgiveness, believing Him, and loving Him, we won't be able to avoid Lady Folly's enticement. It'll, it'll happen. It'll push on us so hardly because it is the, the easy path to go and it's the path that many people are going. So we need to follow and love Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us in order to truly, but not perfectly, walk the path that Lady Wisdom, of, of Lady Wisdom that leads to life. So the reward for walking in Folly's path, once again, is death. But the reward for walking in the path of God's wisdom is life. I'm going to let you guys out early. So I don't know what time it is. I don't know what time you normally get out. Um, but yeah, you guys are free to go from here. I don't have an application question. That is the application. Try to remember it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.